This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. I am Dean Holland and and, uh, here with Charlie Dobbin. How are you this morning, Charlie? Good morning, Dean. I'm, well, I should be saying hola from Mexico, Dean. I'm doing you well. Should, yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you look great. You look like you've had, you've had a bit of sun. You look sun-kissed. Thank you. Exactly. I have not been lying in the sun. This is not a holiday. This is a, a working, working holiday, maybe a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here with the Healing Gardens crew. We're doing uh, another episode of Healing Gardens. That's a documentary series brought to you by Zoomer Media. The best thing is, is I can announce, and I will do it right now, mark your calendars, May 23rd. That's a Monday. So May 23rd, 9 p.m., we launched the first episode of Healing Gardens. Uh, We have done 10 episodes already that are in the can so to speak and here we are in mexico doing two more episodes so i'm i'm right now in a place called valle de bravo which is sort of about two hours outside mexico city and we are heading off to a very we haven't met him i haven't met him yet but we're heading off to a a farm run by a doctor who believes that you to heal yourself you we heal the earth we grow plant it's a holistic outlook of like do you you are healthier when you eat healthy food and so part of his thing is growing healthy food but also healthy um medicinal pl- plants for medicinal uses so we're going off to meet him tomorrow starting episode two in mexico starting tomorrow oh that's very exciting i'm very very happy <laughs> thank you and you're, you, you're, that you are there and i'm excited at, i'm excited to hear the series see the series as well yeah and you're in Bradford. you're not even at home either i i am not at <laughs> Home either. No, half studio will travel. Yeah, I'm in Brantford uh, <laughs> uh, doing another sort of uh, an- announcing uh, bit of business. Uh, but before we, and I, we have to go to break shortly, our first break, but I do want to give out the numbers and get people calling because uh, cool. if you have any questions whatsoever, uh, we, you know, of course, we want to get them and Charlie wants to answer them. Uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is a toll-free call, one 866 740 Of course, let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because we will give you your well-earned garden wings, and uh, we want you to call often. We want you to call early, and one question per call, please. Okay, so, but uh, with that, we really do, we really do have to take our first break, and we will be right back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, yes, we are back on The Garden Show. And I just want to give those uh, numbers out again. 
416-360-0740 or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. And do you have uh, some announcements to make? You want, you want to get one of those announcements in now, Charlie? Yeah, exactly. I just want to remind everybody that the Asian Court Garden Club is celebrating their 70th anniversary. And that is coming up this um, May the 9th. The event will be happening in person. So definitely plan to join if you can get out to Asian Court. That's the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue. They meet uh, there. This is uh, in Asian Court, of course, Midland at Shepherd. The event will be all about herbs and flowers in unusual containers. And everyone, of course, is welcome 7.30 p.m. Well, wow, that is great. It's uh, all these uh, different groups are meeting again fast and furious and in person and it's great some of them are some are still on zoom but that one is that is an in-person meeting and they are a pretty fun group <laughs> gotcha okay we're gonna we're gonna go to our first caller we have uh we have Mar- uh, marlene on the line uh who lives in hillsburg good morning marlene welcome to the show good morning charlie and dean how are you good morning excellent we are well yeah okay, what do you got for charlie hey there i just have a quick question about trimming the trees um we have some oak trees that are maybe 10 to 12 years old, and we want to trim the bottom branches off so you can reach under there with the lawnmower. When's Good the best idea. To trim those. Uh, I would do that anytime you can now on a dry day. Oh, Remember, okay. we always prune when it's clear and sunny and dry because that helps with healing the wound. Make sure you've got sharp tools. And you're right, that's called raising the canopy of a tree when we take we, we raise the crown basically so we can walk beneath our trees as they grow bigger or mow the lawn as the case may be and it's actually better to try and do that sooner than later because you want to minimize the wound so the older the tree gets the bigger the limbs get and the bigger the wound is when we remove those branches so i would get to that as soon as you can like i say on a dry day should you trim it right up against the thing or leave a little little bit out Okay, good point, good question. Look closely at the trunk and the branch. Where they come together, there is a little um, protuberance, if you will, uh, a bit of a swelling where they come together, and that's called the branch collar. So the branch collar, it's very, very important that you prune exactly on the outside of the branch collar, meaning you leave the branch collar intact, but don't go, you know, another couple of inches out and leave a big stub, Mm -hmm. just nice clean cut, just on the outside edge of the branch collar because that's where you've got your actively dividing cells to do the repair and 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 uh, heal that wound oh okay great okay thank you very much good question good timing too take good luck great yeah thanks for the call there mary or marlene um yeah we have a big a couple of big spruce trees in on our property Uh and when we bought it a decade ago, the branches went all the way down to the ground and were all dead. And so uh, a couple mm. years in, we managed to get in there and clean a whole bunch out. It's so much yeah. Well, it's kind of, with spruce trees, it's different than, say, deciduous oak trees. I um, It's sort of too bad to have to raise, like, remove the lower limbs on a spruce tree because they are beautifully evolved as beautiful Christmas trees, if you will, And if we can allow the lower branches to remain healthy and alive, they do touch the ground. And they're so beautiful when it snows. It's just that picture perfect and the snow sheds 
beautifully off the tree. But as as you say, quite often the lower limbs do die. Uh, sometimes it's just our abuse that does that. Uh, and then we have to trim them off and then you can see beneath the spruce and you can clean up all the, some of the pine, the, the spruce cones, etc., and uh, plant some nice, whatever, you know, acid loving, shade tolerant plants below. You got it. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Michael now in Toronto. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good Welcome morning to the to Garden Show. Both, uh, Charlie in Mexico. Um, I have a planting yeah. question, and it's with regards to um, something I never can really get straight. It's with regards to planting, uh, in this case, dense yew on a rather significant embankment, I'd say between a uh, 30 and 45 degree angle. What's mm. the best methodology with respect to the, to the root ball? And that embankment, what should you work it to, to the backside or the front in terms of depth? Huh, good question. Uh, okay, so let's imagine that extreme slope, and you're the, as you write, the top of the root ball should come in level with the ground we're planting it into. So it's the back side of the root ball that's going to come in. Uh, you're kind of going to... But do a bit of an average between both, actually. Okay. So your back side's going to be a little bit lower. Your front side's going to be a little bit higher. And what I would do, number one, is use the smallest use that you can get because it'll they'll be easier to work with and they're going to uh, establish faster when they're younger plants. Yes. So use small plants. And then I would have handy, could be anything from some, some good size kind of rocks, uh, could be... Hmm, like for sure mulch and and so on the downside of that plant once you've planted it yeah. i would make sure I, i'm stabilizing it in position literally i would use rocks potentially against that edge uh I definitely use mulch around the whole area uh and and you don't want to expose the root ball to the air so you're going to have soil kind of piled up around that root ball and then that whole thing like i said is going to be stabilized sometimes we'll even use um, fabric with some uh, hammer and some wooden stakes and sort of stake so that all the soil stays as stable as possible and doesn't wash down in a big rainfall yeah, I, I, Once I understand. The, the so roots, the critical thing is that uh, again you don't want exposed roots but by the same mm -hmm. token you don't want the roots overly covered meaning going towards the up, upper side uh, level it would be too severe for the roots exactly coverage of earth yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks very much. It's a real technical question, but I think a lot of people experience and don't know what to do. So and I'm one of them. No, definitely. Don't hesitate to ask any question you want. Thanks for calling. Okay. Okay, yeah, thanks for the call, Michael. I have to run to another break, but we will be right back with more of Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back for more on The Garden Show. And uh, we, you know what, i got to say, at my house, we do have uh, those fur and feathers and bugs of all sizes as well there we got rabbits everywhere and the squirrels are running around everybody's twitter pated and <laughs> i love it oh see, and so i'm just gonna give up the numbers again um uh, anywhere in toronto 416-360-0740 anywhere 
anywhere else in the province of Ontario. 1-866-740-4740. And that's a toll-free call. And uh, we do have some lines open, so so please give us a call. But before we get to our next caller, you have another announcement, Charlie. I do, but you just made me think when you were talking about what's going on at your house. I haven't been to my house in a week now, over a week. So I'm feeling a bit sorry for Elliot. Like, who knows what's going on? I left him in charge of <laughs> hundreds of little tiny seedlings because, of course, I've been planting flowers and tomatoes and all kinds of wonderful things for this upcoming season. And the poor guy, he's sending me pictures. What do you think? Is everything okay? Everything looks great. But, oh, uh, you know, funny. good on him for stepping up because I didn't know. Well, I, there's, I, there's, yeah, and there's got to be a pressure being mm-hmm. married. <laughs> too, like Charlie Dobbin, the garden expert, and then she leaves you in charge of the garden. I mean, it I would be like two weeks full of anxiety for me. Exactly. And he, he's, he's even already. So, you know, things are obviously perking along back at my place. But I'll be, I think I'll be home on this next Thursday. So next Saturday, I should be uh, back in Ontario to, to do this closer to home. But while we're talking about, um, you know, interesting plants, for those of you that would like to learn more about uh, the topic is Beyond Beefsteak, taking your veggie garden to the next level. And this is brought to you with Ben Cullen. And Ben, of course, is Mark Cullen's son. Lovely, lovely young man. He is speaking on behalf of the Pickering Garden Club. And that is on Tuesday, May the 10th. It is a Zoom meeting at 7 p.m. Everyone is welcome to join in at 7 to the Zoom meeting. Just contact Pickering Garden Club info. That's one word, pickeringgardenclubinfo at gmail.com. And Barbara will send you the link to the Zoom event. Sounds good to me. Another thing that sounds good is to get to another caller. Let's go to Dorothy in Hamilton. Good morning, Dorothy. Welcome to the Garden Show. What have you got for Charlie there? Oh, good morning, Charlie and Dean. Um, In the fall, I purchased some beautiful hyacinths. They were assorted. And they came up... uh, Pale pink, peach, and yellow. They're gorgeous. What I'd like to know is, when they finish blooming, do I cut the heads and the stems off the hyacinths, or do I just leave them to dry naturally? Oh, great question. What I try to do with the bulbs is, once they're finished blooming, I remove the bloom only. So you'll go in there with your little pruners, and you'll just cut off the dried-up flower, which will not be very attractive at that point, but the stem is still green. So leave as all the green on the little bulb plants that you possibly can, and it'll take yeah, four, five, six weeks. Eventually, all that green will turn yellow and shrivel up and disappear from your garden. But for now, as the, as the uh, blooms are finished, deadhead only, leave the green. Thank you so much. Will leaving the green help them produce flowers next spring? Exactly. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, because I didn't want to ruin them. You know, they're so beautiful. And thank you so much for taking my call. Our pleasure. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Dorothy. Now... I do believe that that is photosynthesis that is putting the goodness back into those balls. Am I correct? You have I been are, paying attention? You have. Next time I'll get you to explain exactly what is photosynthesis. You might want to do some homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now now I, I feel like I'm talking to my oldest son, my 19-year-old. He did the same thing last week because <laughs> oh, I was talking about the, you know, the, the dreaded amaryllis bulb. And he said to me, he said, Dad. 
do you know what photosynthesis is? He said, explain it to me. I said, I can't do that. There you go. I knew. That's why I didn't want to put you on the spot. Most people just use the term, but we're, you know what? We'll talk about it next week, maybe. Just what is photosynthesis? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Right now, we're going to go to another caller. We're going to go to Dorchester. We have mm-hmm. Diane on the line. Good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show, Diane. Yes. Uh, happy Mother's Day early, Charlie, and to all the other ladies listening in this morning. Um, my question is, uh, as I've been pulling the grass around the base of my trees, I'm finding underneath some of the stone there tons and tons of these little brown ants. Now, I know my husband has used um, a spray on them, that ant liquid, but is that harming any of the worms? Because I notice we have a really nice, healthy abundance of worms. Are there any other insects that, or the worms, like what what little uh, um, things take care of the ants? Because it just seems like they just keep uh, um, growing Multiple. and growing uh, bigger colonies. <laughs> okay, so that's a great question, actually. Ants are not detrimental to your garden. The only time I get really angry with ants and I want to move them along, you know, rawhide them off my property, is when they start building a home, and particularly in the lawn, and of course when they excavate the soil for their home, they end up with a mound in your lawn to get those ant hills. And of course when you're mowing the lawn, then you scalp that that hill and it's just a looks ugly and it's a problem and they can also end up making a home in your garden and again excavating the soil for the home they take all the soil away from the roots of your plants and they can end up killing plants but that's that's the only way they're detrimental ants are actually quite healthy in the garden they are the the great little cleaners they clean up all the dead stuff so they clean up dead as in dead plant material but also dead animals so it could be you know a, a dead beetles dead birds dead anything that end up on the land are cleaned up by ants so ants are by no means a bad thing to have so i wouldn't be totally concerned about having ants around they also do a great job you know opening up aerating the soil uh, but as i point out where they make their homes they move all the soil and then plants can die so you really have to sort of work with ants, I think. You have to let them do their thing if it works for you. If you round your tree, you mentioned a lot of ants. I think I would just be aware and careful that they're not making their nest right at the base in the roots and ultimately perhaps killing the tree just by coincidence. And there are sprays, yes, bug gone. And I think ants. Or you spray, but you have to contact the ants with the spray. So you have to use a trowel or a shovel, move the soil aside, spray on the ants. The younger the ants, the better and more effective you are. Um, so that's why early in the season is the best time to control weeds and things like ants. Um, and there are also little ant, sometimes I like just the little ant traps, you know, those little round red and whites and black traps. They have borax and sugar inside them, and the ants go in, they take some of the borax and the sugar, and then they take it down in to feed the babies down underground, and everybody dies eventually. So it's a slow process, but those little ant, ant killer, uh, I don't know if they're ant traps, ant whatever, I think it's called ant killer, uh, put those out, they can be quite effective, and they are fine out in the weather as well, even when it rains they're still effective. Okay, well, I didn't want to destroy something that was beneficial mm. or, or I was mm. going to harm some other, you know, beneficial insect mm-hmm. or the worms. 
Thank you so much for you. your help. Thank you. You're welcome. No, yeah. it's great. That, good question. Th- thanks for the call, Diane. And a, a good reminder for, uh, you know, myself included, that uh, some of those bugs that set up um, house, maybe where we don't want them, yeah. are still really, can be really beneficial to our properties. Our, That's right. Don't just kill goods. something because it moves. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you know what? I'm forever the guy. I I, hate, I don't kill spiders. I scoop them. I put them outside. I you know I go. Oh, yeah, they're doing some good somewhere. So I hate I'd killing like, bugs. I'd like to see you scoop the spiders I saw in the rainforest. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's scoopable. like as big as yeah, as big yeah. big as a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, bigger. Wow. <laughs> More like wow. a grapefruit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I might. I might. They're hairy. I might run away from that one. I want to shave their legs. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran away. <laughs> I run like really I'll bet. fast. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, let's run to another call. I, we're going to go just a little bit north of our last call. Our last call was Dorchester. Now we're going to the town of Ayton, which is, uh, yeah, just north of that, still in the western part of Ontario. We have got uh, Barb on the line. Good morning. Welcome to the Garden Show, Barb. Oh, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. I was just wondering, um, I think it's a Mandervilla. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it properly, but it's like trumpet-like flowers. Is that what it's called? That's right. Yeah. Mandervilla? Yes. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, I have so many, like, brown stems on the plant, like I had brought it inside um, for the winter, and but it has these green leaves at the top. Um, can I cut that back, or am I going to kill the plant? No, I think you're absolutely right, because at this point, the plant is really starting to grow and has been probably for the last month or so, but yeah. it's all on the tips. So it's not a very attractive plant to take outside. No. I assume you have it in a, a real sunny location in your home? Yeah. Good. So keep it in that sunny spot because you're not ready to go outside yet. Uh, Get out your pruners or your scissors. I would take off about a half of the plant. I would cut it right back as much as you can, about half. I would fertilize it. If you haven't fertilized, I would fertilize now. And that pruning and fertilizing will promote. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you seem to be cutting out here. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I see. Okay, so I will talk slower. Um, yeah, so just prune, <clears throat> fertilize if you haven't, and that will encourage lots of new growth. Okay, but like you could cut it down to, like it's probably, you know, five feet high. Um, like I could cut it down to mm-hmm. even a foot or so or, or less than that? No, I would, like I say, cut it back by a half. Okay. So that would, if it's five feet high... You basically need to look at every single stem, follow the stems, and take about half off of each stem. Oh, and then okay. twirl what's still there all around the structure that it's growing on and watch the whole thing turn green overnight. Oh, oh okay. And you said the fertilizer. What, what type of fertilizer would I get? Like what ratio? I would use uh, any flowering plant fertilizer. Uh, there's many of them out there. Uh, certainly, Scots uh, or um, Scots. What's like Scots? Miracle um, Grow. Yeah, exactly. Miracle Grow has like a Blooms Plus fertilizer. That's a good one. Ultra Bloom. Um, I, yeah, Ultra Bloom. Yep, good one for any flowering plants. Oh, Follow okay. the instructions. <laughs> okay, I have another question, but can I call back if I get sure. through? Good idea. Yeah, Thanks for calling. That would be. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much, Barb. Um, 
we are going to go right to another caller. In, and this, this brings back a lot of childhood memories for me, this place. We're going to Lynn in uh, Crystal Beach. And that's a, when I was a kid, we, we used to go to Crystal Beach. I remember the, the big yellow roller coaster there. <laughs> what, what do you, you got a question for us there, Lynn? What do you got for Charlie? Yes. <clears throat> Good morning, both of you, and happy uh, Mother's Day, Charlie. Thank you. Um, a friend of mine passed away, and in her house, in the window for four or five months, was a crown of thorns, and I always loved it. So I asked the son, because the heat was on, it's in the south window, could I please have it? Yes. I brought it home, and it appeared dead. The little flowers at the top, now it's about four and a, five, four and a half feet high. So oh. I thought, I'll cut it down to half. I don't know that it's still alive. <clears throat> Would I give it, like you just said, Miracle Grow? Um, what are your suggestions, please? So let's think about this. So you brought it home from that hot, sunny window. Did you put it into a hot, sunny window at your house? I put it in the sunroom where it has a glass roof and it's very hot. Good. Okay. And uh, when you brought it home, it had no leaves on it or flowers. It just looked like a spiny cactus. Um, the leaves were very uh, wilty um, because it hadn't been watered, and the little uh, flowers were the same. So <laughs> for the first two weeks, I just kept watering it. Now, one of her PSWs had repotted it in new soil but in my opinion not uh it was a large pot a large er pot and in my opinion it was not deep enough so the roots are kind of on the top so okay. i feel in my opinion i would put it in a different pot and and plant it deeper but not as big a pot am i okay. doing wrong no, that sounds good, actually. So you know what I would do? It sounds like all the things you've told me. I would lay that plant on its side on a newspaper, pull yeah. it out of the pot, look at and smell the roots. Yeah. If you overwatered it when you brought it home to your house, because you said you watered it quite a bit in those first two weeks. So what I would do is I would smell the roots, make sure that they are not... Um, um, Moldy. smelling rotten or anything like that yes. trim off any roots that are brown or black or soggy because you never want to you know rot the roots you could also get a hold of cactus soil when you put it into a different pot and as you say plant it deeper but yes. consider like cactus soil is is better drained than our regular potting mix it has sand and gravel in it you could also add some sand and gravel to a regular potting mix just to get that extra drainage and think about a clay pot when you do that repotting don't go into a plastic pot make sure it's a, a pot with drainage but a terracotta clay pot is just extra draining and uh, you can you'll never rot roots if you've got a clay pot and when it comes to so so what i would do is get it into that new pot fresh soil proper height 
same sunroom, water once after repotting or transplanting, and then let it be. Don't touch it again. You should start to see new growth. I would not rush the fertilizer yet. Wait a month or so before you fertilize. But keep an eye. Use a moisture meter if necessary or your fingers. Only water when the soil is bone dry. Yes, I understand that. I have lots of clay pots. What I usually do uh, with something like this is I have lots of broken um, saucers and stuff like that and gravel. I always put it in the bottom for the drain. I always use a clay pot. This, of course, was put in a plastic. So I will do that. Um, Is it... When you look where I cut it and it looks like it's bone dry, would that indicate that it is dead? Um, hard to say because it depends how you cut it. Like crown of thorn is a is a form of a cactus. So yeah. um, if you just kind of chopped it mid stem, and when you chopped it, did white liquid come out or did it just all wrinkle up? No, there was no liquid whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, so it might have gone to the point of death. It might be dead. Hard to say. Yeah. You know, I, you'll, you'll learn more when you take it out of the pot, and you'll see if there's any, because uh, see if, what the roots look like. If there's any white or yellow or plump-looking roots, then you'll know there's life in the plant. Uh, okay. Cactuses are designed to store liquid inside the stem. So they, they're, they're quite amazing how they can look dead but not be dead. Uh, Lynn, Lynn, thank you very much for the call. Unfortunately, I do have to run to break, uh, but you make sure you come uh, get back to us and let us know how things went with your uh, your crown of thorns. We will be right back with more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, we are back on The Garden Show. I do have a... a caller very patiently waiting on the line but before we do that we have two things to do first i'm going to give out the numbers 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740 which is for anywhere else in the province of ontario and now you have a quick announcement charlie Yes, this is my final announcement. Thank you, everybody, for sending these in via email. Uh, This is to let you know the Leaside Garden Society is happy to have you join them and their Zoom meeting that's coming up on May the 12th. Uh, The speaker is Richard Dickinson, and the subject is Space Invaders, Invasive Species. 7 p.m., new members, guests, everyone is welcome to learn more about how to join the Zoom meeting for May 12, 7 p.m. Visit www.leesidegardensociety.org or send an email to leeside at gardenontario.org. Okay, sounds good. Uh, John in Mississauga has been waiting very patiently on the line, and so we're going to we're going to go to John now. Good morning. Good morning. How are John, you? John, welcome to the Garden well, Show. I'm, I'm sure Charlie is happy. <laughs> good morning, John. Uh, yeah, you you know it, John. She is happy Charlie, uh, for a long time. So, um, but anyhow, I had a little bit of an argument with my missus this morning. I'm looking at my tomato. Um, 
plants in, in, in the bay window. And it looks like they are maybe, what, um, 10 inches, uh, 8 inches long. Do you think I should put them this weekend? Not this weekend, next oh. weekend. Really? Good question. Uh, what size pot are they in, John? Um, they're in the coffee cup. And maybe, what, oh. a, a 6-inch coffee nice. cup. Because we make them from seeds, child, right? We have all kinds. We have sure, so many different kinds, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so how so many tomatoes do I have? I put three in, a, a, three in a cup, and then I cut them and plant them. I always had success. But, uh, but yeah. they haven't been out yet. In other words, oh. in, in, indoor, in the bay window. Sure. So uh, do you have, like, hundreds, or how many do you have? <laughs> now, I tell you, maybe not hundreds. But I bet I have around 70, 60 of them. Like oh, one. Wow, yeah. So oh, to repot would, would be too much. I have, and around, John is a keen, I have 36 keen by 3, 269. Yeah, you're right. How did you guess? I have around 100 plants. Okay, I'm not sure about the weather. So you need to check your forecast. You okay. know that two things, tomatoes do not want any temperatures that are going below six or seven degrees Celsius. Even that's a little chilly. They prefer uh -huh. more like 10 degrees as to be the coldest. They also don't want to go into cold soil. So one of the things we do is we take our elbow, we dig a hole in the soil, we stick our elbow in the soil just to feel if it's cold to the elbow, do not plant tomatoes or peppers or any of that family into the soil yet. So it's okay. a bit and of a challenge. You uh, actually by, probably by next wait. Friday, it's going to be around 23, 24. Fine, but then you got to check your soil temperature too. Yeah. 23, 24 is perfect, but yeah. if, those, if it's yeah, like cold night. I'll, I'll, you know, I want your advice, but I'll, uh, I'll wait to see how, for example, a week today is. You know, yeah, like and you know, you know, you know what you could going to be, like you said, in, in, the, in the early 20s. So, because I'm so eager to get them out of the bay window, the bay window is just full sure. of them. You know, well, um, and then normally sure. what I do is what I don't plant, I give to my friends and neighbors, and you know, that's how I, we do it all year. And I have all course. kinds, like you know, bullhard and, 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 yeah. and pinkish and whatever. So, but uh, I try to come answer you. your question. When, when is your program going to be on TV? John? When, when is your program going to be on TV? Because you have so many plants. Oh, he's breaking up. Or I can't hear him. Yeah. Could you guys hear me? Yeah, no, he was, uh, you know, we're okay. going to say, yeah, we did. We're just going to have, go ahead. Okay. Let me just finish if he's listening, because I was having a hard time getting a word in edgewise. John is very passionate about his garden, which is great. It's because he has so many tomatoes that I wasn't recommending transplanting to a bigger pot. Because he really should be waiting a couple of weeks before he puts them outside into the ground. And the little coffee cups, it's getting tight. They're probably full of roots. Most of us, if we only have five or ten plants from seed, we can pot them into a bigger pot now. What he could do to speed up warming his soil is get out some, go to the Home Depot or wherever, get some dark plastic, get some plastic, we call it plastic mulch, lay it down on top of the vegetable garden, you know, with stakes or rocks around the edges. And by having that dark plastic on top of the soil, it will warm up the soil faster than if it just sits out in the sun. And so warming up the soil means he can plant those plants out sooner as long as we are frost free. 
Gotcha. Okay, we have to take a quick break. While we are on that break, you and I are going to be making plans to go to John's place <laughs> in the fall and make tomato sauce. We will be right back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back in the Garden Show, and uh, we're going to go right to a caller, Barb, who uh, called back from Aiden, uh, followed the rules, and didn't ask 19 questions. So how are you again, Barb? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Thank you so much. I forgot to ask you one thing about that uh, Mandervilla plant. Um, do you have to be careful, like, when you cut that, like with the sap? Is that irritant to your skin or anything? No, it should not be. Oh, okay. No, so should, should I do it? And can I? Should I cut it back now while it's still inside, or wait till I put it outside? Oh no, I would do it now. And like I said, do it now. And if you haven't done any fertilizing since last summer, it's time to start fertilizing today. Okay. Uh, and you'll fertilize every two weeks or three weeks through the summer, spring and summer, and okay. then plan to yeah, bring it back. My in. other question was, I have a, um, I guess it's called a, like a tranium, and it has like the umbrella plant and some ivy and some moss and a fern in it. But like I keep the the glass lid closed, but I notice like some condensation. Is, is that normal? Yes. Totally. Okay. When you when you plant a terrarium, you, you set up a closed system, so the soil in the the water in the soil goes into the plant, and then it, it um, exits the plant out of the leaves, hits the glass of the terrarium, and drops back down. So you you've got like a little closed system, like a little world in there. So oh, yes, okay. indeed, nothing wrong with. Uh, any condensation, make sure the terrarium is not in direct sun, otherwise it turns into an oven. And every now and then, sometimes we'll open it just to get, you do need to let some oxygen in every now and then. Okay. And okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks again for that call, Barb. Yeah, and we just, I have one more caller I want to squeeze in, but thank you so much again. And uh, we're going to Helen in Etobicoke. In thanks there. for holding there, uh, Helen. What do you got for Charlie? I got a, I have a um, trumpet vine that I bought last summer, I guess it was, and I put it around the stump of the tree, and I'm out there looking at it now, and there's no growth. I don't see any green anywhere, so I'm getting kind of worried about it. It's not in full sun, as the ticket says, so um, what can I do to uh, make it move like there's no tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) It will, too. I was going to say, nobody ever calls and worries about a trumpet vine not growing. It's usually (laughs) the other way around. (laughs) But my yeah, trumpet yeah. vine well, is taking thought, over my whole no, property. There's no green on so it. What I I, the, sorry. Yes. So you're looking at some brown branches right now from last year. Grab yeah. your pruners. Cut back, Cut the plant back. Oh, now you'll okay. cut it back. You'll, you'll see little bumps on the stem. And where the bumps are are the nodes. And that's okay. where the new growth is going to come from. So you oh, can cut I... back to even two or three nodes on each branch from the base of the plant. So depending on how big it is, you know, you might be taking off 10 or 12 inches or two feet of of just brown stem, but bring it back in closer to the crown or the center, eliminate what you've cut off and keep an eye. I think you'll find that it's gonna bust out of dormancy. Oh, really? I know it's been a late spring, 
we are about two weeks behind this spring in Ontario. Last year, we were two weeks ahead of average. So this is a spring where we have to be patient and recognize that some things are still dormant because it's been a cold spring. So leave these little buds, these little nodes are what's going to be the growth for this summer, right? Yeah. So you're going to cut back to a node, to a bump. Okay, cut back to a node. Got that. Thank you so much. I'll I'll do that. And that's going to wake it up. That'll force it awake. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Take care. Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks for you. Thanks for the call, Helen. Um, Now, Charlie, I was going to mention that I I know when... uh, when uh, when John called, I know that one of John's questions he wanted, I, I believe, he was asking again about the Healing Gardens, and I thought it's worth another mention, just that that show, of course, is going to be uh, be coming up again. Or I guess it's on the twenty third. It's May, premiering. Yeah. yeah, we're the very first episode ever to be launched out to the world. Will be on Monday, May twenty third. That so coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, this TV, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 9 p.m. It is a document. Oh, I think you might be a little bit frozen there, Charlie. Right, well, I don't know if we can hear you or not. Series. Oh, and I, well, I'm hoping if, if we can't hear, I, I'm having trouble hearing you, Charlie, because you're, uh, again, you are down in Mexico, and uh, maybe uh, maybe they're bringing you another cup of coffee. <laughs> and Charlie is frozen. So, yeah. So, um, again, those, just because it seems to me that for, uh, Charlie might be a little bit frozen on her end, uh, once again, that, uh, that healing gardens show is going to be uh, on vision tv starting on the 23rd of may okay and uh, charlie figures that she will be back in canada uh, next uh, next weekend i think she's uh, yeah she figures she might be back in her home studio and we of course will be back again uh, next week here on the garden show so once again if you have any calls uh we are on from uh, from nine until ten in the meantime if you have any uh, email questions or if you have pictures of something that you'd like to send to Charlie, her email is c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay? And so on behalf of Charlie, just because I think we're frozen, uh, we will see you. We will be again with you next week on The Garden Show. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you by Stoke Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at stokeseeds.com and get growing with Stokes. And by the Natural Burial Association. Learn how you can go down green by visiting us at naturalburialassociation.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.